Warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. It's changed up a little bit. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By we, I mean the entire human race, have written things down. It's a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a decent chunk of time. Mm Mm-hmm. How long ago are we talking? Well, as far back as the epic of Gilgamesh in 2000 B.C.E. Yeah. It's a long time ago. It's almost the beginning of time. It's pretty close. It's pretty dang close. Depending on what timeline, I guess, you go on. That's true. And there could be many. Yeah. Um, how much do you know about the Epic of Gilgamesh? Not much. You sure you know it's a thing. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm guessing I have probably heard more than immediately jumps to mind just through tales, but... Yeah. We're not going to... We're going to just get into... A few cliff notes for a reason. Yeah, but okay. I don't. Yeah, I don't know, know much at all. All right, well, if anything. All right, well, Gilgamesh himself was a brutal tyrant king of the city of Uruk. He murdered the men of his city and did as he wished with its women. Hmm. He would abuse his subject for labor and rapture whatever he desired from them, whatever he desired. Hmm. His people, under great suffrage, pleaded to the gods for any relief from this madness. His madness. Well, the goddess of creation, Anu, answered their prayers and created a being designed to counter Gilgamesh's strength and attitudes. A being to serve as a mirror to which Gilgamesh, uh, Gilgamesh's strengths and weaknesses... There's a lot of S's in all those things. I had a lot to get through. Mm -hmm. His strengths and weaknesses could be contrasted. A being to salvage the elite, presumably sophisticated, civilized in social standing, but barbaric in his actions. Gilgamesh. A man from the city whose savior would come from the wilderness. Again, Gilgamesh. King Gilgamesh is the city boy. In this instance, the Eurasian steppe would be the wilderness, a harsh and untamed land where this new creation would have lived amongst nature and its animals. Now, this creation was the excessively hairy, impeccably strong Enkidu. Okay. Okay. Now... What about Enkidu? Well, he's roaming around, living in nature, doing his thing. He's wandering around, enjoying living amongst the animals. They're a team. He's a nature man. That sounds cool. Created by the gods, 
So, like, he's kind of a man, kind of not a man, because, you know, he wasn't really born of anyone. He was created by the gods. So, yeah. All right. But he's man enough. Without exploring the entire epic, eventually, Enkidu was discovered after being rejected by the animals he once called kin. So basically, he's roaming around. He comes up to a stream. There's actually a um, like a trapper who sees him, and it's like a kid. And he's like, Dad, there's a crazy, wild, hairy man in the river. <laughs> and he's like, we got to get this guy away from the river. We got to clean this guy up. He's a mess. We got to get him into the city. But he looks happy. He does look happy. But again, they're using their societal standards. Right. He's pumped. <laughs> <laughs> and they're wondering, yeah, what's wrong with them? He's having so much fun. Well, so he's having a lot of fun. They need to find what, what could they possibly do to lure him away from the current fun he's having? Hmm. Any thoughts about that idea? I mean, he's, he's having a lot of fun. He's having too much fun. Yeah, well, he's going to have a lot more fun. Because why was he rejected from the animals? Well, he had been having six straight days of furious fornication with a temple prostitute that the trappers had brought to him to lure him into the city. It's like, hey, look at this hot babe. Follow us into the city. It's huh. like, okay. And they, oh, all they, right. <laughs> they interacted. for They interacted. That was me being, you know, cute. PG. <laughs> yeah, they interacted. Hardcore interaction. <laughs> PG. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically after that got done, he went back to the animals and like, what? You smell totally different. Yeah. You smell bad. Yeah. So then he was like, well, I guess I'm living back in the city now. So then, uh, the prostitute like cleaned him up and put, gave him some clothes. She's like, you know, she helps him out. She's like a good person. Right. Um, but yeah, the animals just like, nah, man, what do you, what were you up to? He's like, <laughs> you're dirty. <laughs> yeah. You get away. <laughs> yeah. Well, once the uh, the prostitute or harlot, they call her many nice names in the story, you know, as as you do. A working girl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Things like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Um, so then took her to, took he, hmm, she took him to the city um, where he's, you know, existing, doing like city stuff. And then he learns about, you know, King Gilgamesh. And he learns about one of Gilgamesh's cool hobbies, you know, one of his cool traditions that he likes to do, um, which is sleeping with newlywed brides the night of their weddings, of course, before their husbands had the chance to. Just a cool thing the king does. What is that called? Pre? Yeah, you'll get it's It's uh, yeah, I know what you're thinking about. It's a prima. Prima noctum. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Thanks, Braveheart. (laughs) Also. uh, Yeah. Um. Age of Ultron. It's one Tony Stark makes a joke about it in one of the movies too. That's mm. when I. That's the uh, the most recent instance I can think of where it's mentioned in a major film. Yeah. Fun, fun jokes. Anyways, yeah. Major film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, uh, yeah. Tony Stark kind of has a Gilgamesh. He's not just assaulting and you know raping women. That's no, not the not. same. But you know, starts off as kind of not the greatest guy. King of the castle. Basic king of the castle. Yeah, he's got all the power. He's power and wh- whipping his. Whipping his big, in a way, he's whipping his big D around. And then, you know. Metaphorically. Well, yeah. Well, then, since I compared Tony to Gilgamesh in that respect, you, you may have an idea where Gilgamesh eventually ends up in this story. Because he is, of course, the hero, but he doesn't start as a good place. Um, so, anyways, uh, after Enkidu realizes that this man does this, he's like, well, that's, that's fucking terrible. I don't like that at all. Mm-hmm. That's not great. Um, 
so then uh, he decides to go and find Gilgamesh. Well, Gilgamesh is king of the city and learns about this hairy, crazy man roaming around. He's like, I got to get a hold of this guy. What's he doing? He doesn't, I don't know if he belongs here. We got to find this guy. So after uh, he hears about this savage man wandering his city, uh, he decides to summon Enkidu himself. And then eventually uh, the two meet in the streets. And there's a, a violent, explosive, and brutal battle between the two men, again, in the street, uh, where Gilgamesh learns throughout this battle that Enkidu was his physical equal and had like a nice, surprising intellectual prowess. So he's, you know, again, huh. Enkidu was made to counter him. So he's like, oh, shit. There you go. I can't just be. And I, of course, Gilgamesh is like a strong man. So he's like, oh, geez, this guy's got some power. He's just weird. He's not what I thought he was. Um, so the two men throughout the battle, you know, gain respect for each other. In typical, I mean, you've seen the you know typical Dragon Ball Z fashion. They team mm-hmm. up, or you know, modern Fast and the Furious. Everybody just becomes friends after they fight. It's, you, it just you're still, I still haven't watched them. <laughs> Zach, no, Zach, come on, man. It's well, been a while since you brought it up, but yeah, no, I still haven't watched it. Unfortunately, I yeah, I continuously bring up Fast and the Furious yeah. because it's, I mean, it's like a live action, action anime movie with cars, and it doesn't. The new one's got John Cena, man. You can't see. You him, won't be so able to see point. him, but just know he's there. <laughs> he's a good voice actor. Okay. Okay. Be able to, you can hear him. You just can't see him. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Right. But uh, yeah. Um, so as the uh, yeah as the epic unfolded and Kiru helped Gilgamesh realize the error of his ways and assisted Gilgamesh in truly embracing his humanity and empathy and is further humbled when the gods decide because Gilgamesh and Kiru go on some adventures and the gods are like all right that's like they go after the, like the cedar tree to build like a gate for the thing and they kill like a bull and battle some monsters you know it's a quest it's an it's part of the, you know it's one of the uh, the pinnacle, like, you know, hero's journey. You know yep. what I mean? One of those types of deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and Enkidu, I mean, his archetype is, there's a reason why we're mentioning Enkidu here. Um, so he, uh, he embraces humanity. The gods decide, all right, one of you guys got to die. And the Uh-oh. gods decide, like, oh, yeah, Enkidu, you got to go. Hmm. So this forces Gilgamesh to process his own humanity as he mourns for his friend. And this, of course, helps him realize that despite his agency in life, you know, he's the king of the city, death comes for us all. And Kidu, a being born of nature, helps the, quote, civilized man remind him of what matters in life by eliminating his disconnectedness with his surroundings. Now, it has been with us since we have written things down. And that it. Got to turn some pages here, old school. Uh Is the concept of the wild man. The wild man. The wild man. The wild man is a being, an archetype, that is often considered to be a human. But one whom is covered in hair. Human-esque? Human enough? The wild man lives in the woods or... You know, elsewhere, outside of the city, away from organized life. Where I want to live. Where Zach wants to live. So, I mean... Mm -hmm. I'm getting there. (laughs) Well, perhaps there's a wild man in us all, and it perhaps is a little stronger in some. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to Alaska. Bye. See ya. (laughs) See ya later. Well, it's interesting that you talk about that, because you come from a civilization, and you you want to be wild. Yeah. All right. I might get into that. Um, so yeah, outside of a city, the wild man lives in the woods or elsewhere outside of a city, village or central population center. In many instances, his attachment 
uh, knowledge, and affinity toward nature means he can process knowledge cultured people do not or um, they can. Sorry, too many words together. But basically, you know, the old man, the uh, wild man can approach things from a different point of view and uh, can add knowledge to civilized people's life or wild men can be savage beasts incapable of human speech that are just, you know, pure forces of aggression and maybe not that smart. Okay. So kind of either or. But again, one of their main attributes is the hair is lengthy and often they have long beards. Sometimes people, I mean, just keep it going. I know, I trimmed my beard. That's I was, right. I let it go for a bit. Again, you live in a civilized society. Well, I, that's true. I guess it's a flip of the coin these days. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, I guess the debate's a lot on that one. Yeah. Do we? I mean, it's is it a society? It's barely... Anyways, that's not what we're talking about right now. No. Uh, but, um, yeah, totally covered in hair. Hairy man. Long beard. Sometimes people, and I do say people, because there are stories of wild women as well. Those are fun. Huh. Wild men and wild women? And wild women, Uh uh-huh. That's crazy. I know, right? Living together in the woods? What are they doing? Oh, well, wild stuff. (laughs) Just getting wild. (laughs) Getting wild. Wilding out. (laughs) What do you see those wild people in the woods? What are they doing? Yeah, getting wild. Wild in the woods. Wild. That sounds good. In the woods. I'm into that. Yeah. Now, back to what I was kind of getting at uh, with you earlier. Uh, some start their story within civilization, but opt to leave it and live amongst the woods to embrace all that has to offer. But sometimes, and a lot of the times, um, eventually they return to society. So they go into the woods only to come back with great power. Oh, I'm even more in now. (laughs) This was the case, and is the case, in the Arthurian tale of Merlin. Mm. So, give me one second. Sorry for the edit. I have to pull up a screen cap that I was not, forgot to have ready. In the notes it said, pull up screen cap. Yeah, I like how you had a little, like, weird page that just popped out there. Yeah, that was... (laughs) Oh, yeah, because well, yeah, I can't copy and paste. It's like, oh, this is why this was harder at some point. So you literally copy and paste it, or copy and taped. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I, I did, and I even used white on some spots. Man, this is old school. Normally when I mess up when I'm writing, I just cross it off and keep moving. Yeah, well, this is, and then for two pages, I decided to double space it, and then I was like, I don't like that, so I stopped doing that. <laughs> I don't I was like, like that either. No. You got wide ruled or college ruled over there? I don't know. What is that? college there you go yeah whatever there's a notebook in my room that hadn't been used like here it's got a purpose now yep the murden wilt legend in his latin okay this is where this is the part that i need all right so to my little uh segment here uh jeffrey of monmouth recounts um basically part of merlin's tale in his latin vita merlini of about 1150 so this is, um, this is from that writing. He writes about Merlin's journey into the wilderness. A strange madness came upon him. He crept away and fled to the woods, unwilling that any should see his going. 
into the forest he went, glad to lie hidden beneath the ash trees. He watched the wild creatures grazing on the pasture of the glades. Sometimes he would follow them, sometimes pass them in his course. He made use of the roots of plants and of grasses, of fruit from trees and of the blackberries in the thicket. He became a man of the woods, as if dedicated to the woods. So for the whole so for a whole summer he stayed hidden in the woods, discovered by none, forgetful of himself and of his own, lurking like a wild thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so any of that resonate with you? Yeah, all of it. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I love yep. lurking. Yep. <laughs> lurking in the woods like a wild thing. Yep. All right. Now, again, the wild man. Or if we use the ancient uh, Germanic word, wood woes. Wood woes? Wood woes. Yeah, it also means it's a name for the wild man. So with a doppelvay? Wood and woes. The woo? Was that? Hmm. What did you say? Doppelvay. What's that? W in German. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Wood woes. Again, human. Human-esque. No hooves, no horns, no tails. Even though they come... uh, No, no pants usually. Sometimes a little loincloth, but that is usually the stories after the Christians took power and couldn't have the man totally naked in the stories. I mean, we know how that goes. Yeah. Keep the wild man. Cover up his... Put the fig leaves over everything. Right. They just have their dicks out all day. Basically, I mean, right. It's just, a, <laughs> yeah, right? Just flopping around. Everybody's got stuff going all over the place. Yeah, I mean, and the Adam and Eve paintings were like, guys, they're the only two humans around. Yeah. I mean. Where'd they get those leaves? Yeah, so God was like. It doesn't match. <laughs> yeah, so God's like, don't take the apple off the tree, but take those leaves off and cover your junk. Yeah. This Satan snake might see you, get some ideas. <laughs> Cause I, cause yeah, there's a snake in the garden. Didn't tell you about that though, did I? Yeah. Anyways, he was my most beautiful creation. The snake, Lucifer. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, well we're getting on tangent. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Here. No. The wild man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and even though like the tradition, the wild man tradition, there's a lot of, which is why I was getting excited about last week's episode, okay. because like you're talking about, I mean, a wild man, a wild thing. Yeah. A wild beast. Yep. Man-like. Yep. Very much so. Again, the supernatural powers, but also I'm talking about Merlin here. We know what Merlin can do. He's yeah. a wizard. He's a fucking wizard. He's the wizard. Who's the number one wizard? I mean, in all of history, probably Merlin. Yeah. And every wizard after who is great is inspired by Merlin. Right. Yep. He's, he's the guy. Numero uno. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and unlike... Animals, these man-like beings, can utilize clubs. You know, sometimes they use uprooted trees. So maybe they can tools, basically. Yep. You know? And, uh, you know, satyrs can also be associated with them. But again, satyrs have tails. It's not the same. But, you know, wilderness, a lot of things live in the woods. People, things people, we've talked about it lots of times. People don't know what's in the woods. It's true. Could be the land otter man. You don't know. Could be whistling for Could you. Could be whistling for you. It's very true. It's very true. Can tell I can't get that guy out of my head right now. So yeah, men, which has led many researchers or theor- theorists—sure they make theories—that's fine—to wonder or wonder 
if the real source or one of the sources of this wild man legend comes from something that may have been more common back in the day, but the condition known as hypertrichosis. Okay. Do you know about that? No. Okay, beautiful. Which, if you don't know what it... I didn't mean to have that come right <laughs> after that. <laughs> Which, if you don't know what that is, um, your laptop's closed. But, I mean, if you want to Google hypertrichosis, um, it also has the unflattering term associated with it. It's also called werewolf disease. Huh. Do you know what a wolfman looks like? Like Universal Studios? Yes. It's a real condition where if someone has that, that's what they look like. Okay. So that's what that I is. I have seen some of those. Okay. Uh, so yeah, looking at pictures, I mean, you'll, you'll kind of know why that some people think maybe this is the source of like the wild man covered in hair mm-hmm. living in the woods, especially if he's born that way, maybe he's ostracized or like there's a few, and if it's genetic, they might just be living in the woods away from the city proper. Right. Yep. Um, but yeah, it is a disease again, where someone's entire body can be covered in hair or at least over 80% of it. Um, more than the majority of people like in, on the nose, cheeks, I mean, your whole, Man, and, like, I saw some pictures, like, where it's, you know, the hair's growing in, like, your eyelids. So, like, you're totally covered. You can't even, I don't know how you'd even be able to shave that at any reasonable point. I had no idea. Um, this is an aside. I don't mention it anywhere, but since I'm talking about it and I just remembered it, um, there was, like, a thing where people thought they were buying stuff like medicine for, like, their kids in Spain. And it was actually, like, a hair growth formula that was mixed into it. And mm. these, like, eventually the hair fell out, but they had, such like, splitani- uh, spontaneous hypertrichosis where like they just all of a sudden started growing hair all over their body. Like what's going on? Yeah. What? yeah that was, you know, a few lawsuits there. That's, that's not good. Huh. But after like a few days or weeks, I forget the exact time. Don't hold me to it. But eventually like the hair started to fall out. But for a while it was just like all yeah. hair all the time. All hair all the time. It's crazy. Yeah. That sounds gross. It's not good, man. Even it's out not- of context. If you just say all hair all the time, I don't know what that means, but it sounds gross. No, I'm going to have to work that slogan into something. All hair all the time. What? <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, I don't know. Come to Noodles and more. All hair all the time. <laughs> Gross. No. Huh. This new ad campaign is really not hitting. I think they dropped the ball on this one. What? What is another business? Just random restaurant? I, don't... I mean... I don't Co- I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah. Come get your nails did. All hair all the time. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. Oh. Or like, you know, I'm yeah. Well, noodles, probably with the best one. Any, any food. I mean, yeah. It's No matter what, it's just gross. Yeah, like a uh, yeah, pizza place. All hair all the time. Yeah, no. What? Yeah, I was trying to get away from restaurants. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're just going to be bad. Right. That's why I went to nails. I don't um, know what else you do at stores. I don't go to stores anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's for the best. Yeah, I mean, just any store, really. Yeah, food. Um, you go to get some music, all hair all the time. You're just thinking 80s metal. Uh, so that makes that makes that sense. That's cool. That fits. As opposed to the uh, the local public pool, all hair all the time. Oh, no. Back to gross. <laughs> bad. Bad. <laughs> Chlorine can't fix that. Bad. Yeah. Nobody buys music at stores anymore either. That's, so. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. When they did it, it was all hair all the time. It was all hair all the time, and then it was not. Yeah. But these people, of course, back in the day, 1800s, there was a time when the freak show, the side show, was a huge deal. And mm. guess who many people who had this condition were employed at many of the side shows? Yep. But um, we go further back. 
How about this? How about back all the way back to that guy who was born in 1537? How about that year? It's way back. Yeah, a man, uh, Petrus Gonsalves, born Petrus um, Gonzalez. They changed his name because um, he suffered from the condition. And well, I'm going to skip over that part. That's kind of a putting that on the putting that uh, you know the cart ahead of the horse there. Um, but basically, early in his life, he was given to King Henry II of France. As you know, just a goofy little present. Here's this 10-year-old boy. He's covered in hair. Well, that's a Here weird present. It's very weird. But King Henry, you know, took some interest in the kid um, because in tra- instead of treating him like an oddity, he raised him as a nobleman, which led, led him being, uh, to him being more educated than most of the nobility in France. So he like, became a smart guy. He could like, speak Latin and stuff. And nice. I can't even do that. No. And people... It is said that he and his marriage to Lady Catherine was the inspiration for Beauty and the Beast because he's an old man living in a oh. castle. Granted, he was there was no magic spell put on him. He was just born that way because that's well, what happened. But, are you sure? Um, that's true. That's true. How do you know? I don't know. Well, now, where is this talk of the wild man headed? Well, hopefully to me living in the woods, I whipped it in here to add some flavor. But in Germany, there was a town where a wild man made his presence. And I'm going to read this to you from a blog post on the town of Wildeman. Okay. Okay. All right. According to the folktale, a wild man was seen along the banks of the river. Now the location of the small town of Wildeman. The tale describes him as a tall man, a giant, who also had a companion, a giant lady, and in defense was swinging a tall fir tree as his weapon. Now, he was discovered um, by the mining company. Now, the miners tried to capture him and have him questioned by the Earl in Brunswick, but the wild man died in transport. Along the riverbanks where they had first seen him, a rich load of ore was then discovered. So then the mining company would go on to use him as a logo, and of course, Wildeman, Wildman, however, they, Wildeman, maybe, Wildeman, you know, it's Germany. Um, he became like a mascot for the town. The alleged story of a wild man that they captured and then evidently killed on the way to take him to the guy to say, hey, this is a a wild man. Man, that sounds kind of cool. And then the ore they discovered, um, because a lot of wild men are associated with, um, because people would go like into the wilderness to look for, you know, ore, you know, Mm -hmm. precious metals, whatever, the mountains. So they'd find wild men living in the woods and they'd associate them with the jewels, which then that kind of gets into the tradition of, you know, like trolls or like special, you know, guarding jewels and gems of people in the woods and stuff like that. I like that. Yeah, so that's kind of tied into this too as well. Um, but again, I'm just adding some flavor here for about uh, something I'm going to dive into. Some kind of get your head, get the head in the right space. Okay. All right. Jeremiah Crotty was an Irish immigrant to the United States who moved to Illinois and had a contract to build 11 miles of the Illinois and Michigan Canal that cuts through the village that bore his name until it was incorporated in 1858. Again, up until it was incorporated into a different town, it was called Crotty Village. But after, for some reason, the Rock Island District named it 
this name and this is the same name that was associated with its post office. You know when names are just weird? When it's just like limbo? When we don't know what we're going to call this town yet for sure? Yeah. yeah. Especially because I think you said Karate Village? Uh, karate. Karate. C-R-O-T-T-Y. Okay. Yeah. Jeremiah Karate, the Irish immigrant, moved karate. to Illinois. That makes more sense. Yeah, not... I mean, it would be cool if his name was Jeremiah Karate. <laughs> he came to Illinois so he'd whip an ass. <laughs> It's very similar to Johnny Karate. <laughs> it's very similar. <laughs> Great. Now, now I'm picturing him like Chris Pratt as Andy Dwyer. Yeah. Comes on in. hi This is I'm in <laughs> Illinois. This is my town. Yep. He's chopping to make the canal. Guy's not even using the shuffle. No. He's chop, chop, chop. He's going to have to get his hands removed at some point. Oh, no. Did he lose his hands? <laughs> we got to get him replaced. What do we got? We got this dead bear over here. Oh, no. Oh, no. Jeremiah Karate hands, bear hands, hula hand, karate. Oh, no. <laughs> now he's got bear hands and knows karate. What a, what a, what a weird Irish surname. Karate. <laughs> uh, strange. Okay. <laughs> I can't handle that right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, this town would be Seneca, Illinois. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, Seneca, Illinois was, was, and remains a small town to this day. And 2010, the census said it had just over, uh, 2,200 people. So just over 2,200 people, um, in this small town. Um, it's a small, rural, Midwestern town just outside of the greater Chicagoland area or part of it, depending on where you draw those boundaries. Yeah, it's not too far from us. No, it really is. Nope. And the, uh, the Illinois River runs through Seneca. As, and then um, Route 170 also runs through Seneca and a uh, Route 6, which, um, you know, routes, goes over DuPont Road, which both intersect in the kind of the heart of the town where I-70 crosses over the Illinois River. Again, just set in a few stages, Seneca, rural Midwestern town, telling about wild men. So how would I tell you about this one mystifying night in 1983? Okay. Okay. After being dropped off in a secluded spot by one of their wives, the two men carried their gear into the woods. Who doesn't love camping? I think we established you may enjoy camping. I do. Okay. And along the DuPont Road, Route 6 into Seneca, a lot of open space, a lot of trees. Again, trees, river, you know. If you've driven through any Midwestern state, I'm sure they have similar areas of secluded land where nothing really is going on. So anyway, it's camping. That's what these men are going to do. Using their machetes, and of course they each brought one, the men walked into the woods and hacked a 10 by 10 clearing in the brush to make themselves at home. For better or worse, they were pretty confident no one else knew they were out there. The night was exceptionally dark. To get comfortable... The men started a fire. Now, this was the only illumination outside of their flashlights. That was aggressive. Out in this chunk of wilderness. (laughs) I was trying to be fast. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. 
The closest hint of civilization was Illinois Route 6, DuPont Road, heading into Seneca, Illinois. 1983? 1983. I can't imagine it was horribly busy then. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, it's a small town now. You know how small Especially it is. Especially at night. I mean, uh-huh. Route 6 is right over there. Yeah. But right now, I bet there's not that many cars on it. No, there wasn't even that many people when I came over here in, like, the civilized part. Yeah. Lights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Granted, there was just a pretty, another one of the many snowstorms we've gotten recently, but. That's yeah, fine. Don't you know, nobody it. plowed anything. It's fine. It was nice. That was fun. Yeah, it keeps you on your toes. It really, it really does. It, <laughs> yeah. really does. it really does. Is that really, is that packed? Is it fluffy? Ah, fine. I guess I'll go slower. Yeah. Cloud cover shielded the moon from view again. It was exceptionally dark. The men were enjoying a spirited conversation when they saw a shape begin moving towards them. Now, accompanying this shape was a terrible garbage merged with a musky smell. Hmm. Almost cologne-esque, but like musky, like bad. Like not good. Nothing appears to have been pleasant about this scent at all. Now, if it vanished as suddenly as it appeared, perhaps this wouldn't have been as much of a story at all, and I wouldn't even be telling you about it. But the visage and order lingered for hours. The seemingly corporeal apparition pacing again for hours. Just pacing? Back and forth, yeah. Walks one way, walks the other way, turns this kind of... Yeah, he's either he's doing some heavy thinking. We don't know what he's doing, but he's There's no way I'd be able to sit there for hours and watch that happen. Yeah, well, it's going on now. One of the men would have been cool hanging out to the sun rose. One guy didn't care. He's like, ah, fuck it. Let's just hang out. I don't whatever. Like, yeah, he seemed to be enamored. He's pretty fascinated with what's going on. Um, but the other was having none of that. So he's the guy's like, nah, man, this that's, is not, that's me. <laughs> nah, this isn't what we need to do. The men had come equipped on their trip with a black powdered 45 and a 22 single shot. Okay. They got some guns. The man who wanted to just get out of there owned the 45 and his 45 was in the bushes. Exactly in the path of the creature. I mean, if you're going to bring a gun, it's like not on his body. Well, keep it on. It's you. not near him. So, like, they made their campsite and, like, put it down. And then, like, we're far enough away from it where, like, if something came at you, you didn't have it. <laughs> but, but what's the point, then? I, it's an honest question. It's a very legitimate question. I mean, I get that you don't expect whatever's happening, but... That's true. And, like, the goal was, like, camping. It doesn't seem like they were out to hunt. They just brought their guns with them. Yeah. Again, in case something came at you and mm-hmm. something did. So after assuring uh, the man, oh, give me a second. This is what happens when Nick writes too fast. Nope. After assuring the man would, the other man would cover him, the owner of the forty-five rushed over, retrieved his weapon, and declared to the mystery intruder that they were both scared and armed and were prepared to fire. I mean, if that was a person, they'd be like, okay, see ya. Yeah. This upright, man-like, nasty-smelling being was not deterred by this declaration. So again, it just kept kind of roaming around. 
doesn't say if it, if it looked at him, but I'm pretty sure it's like, you know, it's looked at him. Mm-hmm. Eventually, under presumably its own volition, the entity, now 75 yards from the men, began to leave. Now, with its departure imminent and having his fill, the man who had rescued his 45 from the creature's proximity stamped out the fire and indicated to his friend, yeah, man, like, let's just get out of here. Like, all right, it's leaving. We're done. Mm-hmm. But upon drilling the fire, hope, yeah, who cares what I put down? The fire's out. But upon killing the flame, the beast did an about face and rushed the camp, invading their 10 by 10 personal bubble. Mm-mm. Its breath was heavy. Stinky. Oh, a little stinker? A little stinker, yeah. <laughs> a little stinker. A little stinker. <laughs> <laughs> the men assumed a crouching position and laid in the ground when the invader looming over them with the invader looming over them, they crawled to the road. Once they reached the road, they saw it cross the road in three steps. Hmm. And then it was out of sight, but not out of mind. So it runs into the camp. They just duck down and crawl away. And then it like, leaves them alone. Yeah, that's not good. No, it almost seems like it really must have had something else on its mind. It's almost like they were just there for whatever shit show it was going on. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... Like, it wanted to go through their exact area, but it couldn't because they it's were like, there. Mm, guys, you gotta move. Yeah. Maybe it's where he poops or yeah, something. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. This is his bathroom. <laughs> guys, I gotta... I gotta go. Yeah, I, I'm not... You don't expect me to go piss in my living room. <laughs> Come on, man. 1983. Was that year... So how large of a territory can a creature like this have? Or a man-esque being? A wild man have? Or does it have kin? In between Ottawa, Illinois and Starved Rock State Park lived an elderly couple. Their children and grandchildren would often come over and visit. The home was secluded. It was like a, you know, kind of a farm in the middle of nowhere. It was not uncommon for them to find giant footprints in the yard scattered about the land. In Ottawa? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, man. We've told some local stories. Yeah, we're pretty local here. <laughs> These are pretty local. Right. They also kept rabbits and dogs in the property, but surely these tracks were not caused by any of those. Several family members had seen um, them, you know, the tracks and that's innocuous enough the patriarch of the family would just say if you see anything out there you know just leave it alone and it won't bother you if you don't bother it which again just the thing a grandpa says ah don't worry about it yeah it sounds like something i've heard many times uh-huh. but one day a young grandchild five years old sprinted into the house hooting and hollering about a giant hairy monster devouring a rabbit okay alarming yeah that's worth Running into the house. Uh-huh. And often the rabbit cages on the property would be obliterated, shredded, and uh, little bunny carcasses would be strewn apart sometimes. It's like pieces. So something's like, boom, bunny time. Yeah, snack. Rip. Large branches were often heard uh, snapping on the property and the aftermath of these disruptions clearly visible by tree limbs scattered, you know, on the ground. Right. Now, again, same property. 
One night, when one of the grandkids went to feed the dogs, he was overcome with a terrible odor, similar to a skunk or rotten eggs, a bad skunk, nasty eggs. And right before he saw it, what is it? Well, whatever it was, it was blocking his path. Approximately seven feet tall, this massive man-like being had eyes that glowed red and thick black hair. As the boy whimpered in terror, his grandma walked out of the house and they both saw the creature. He kind of paused, like, almost like, I interpret it as giving, like, grandma a head nod. Then he's just, like, took Sup. off. So, yep. Yeah, like, quick. Yep. Yeah, be back. Oh, be sorry. Back. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, be back for those bunnies. Stop. Yeah. Uh, Not the kid, though. Yeah, they weren't ripe yet. I ain't going after the kid. Now, the, uh, the same girl would see this was a, um, I don't know if I, oh, I call him a guy. I changed that. There was no boy whimpering. This was a little girl. Oh. I had mixed it up with the boy earlier. Hmm. She was like older than that little boy, the five-year-old. That, that was, um, yeah, different. Okay. The, uh, the same girl would see this interloper two additional times. One hang out in a cave, kind of like, uh, you know, uh, starved rockish, uh, you know, chilling in some water, just kind of hanging out. Mm-hmm. And another one, the creature was seen near Catlin Park, and it kind of walked across the road. These occurrences, you know, they saw this creature, the family did off and on in between 1980 and 1999. Now, in 1989, a woman noticed that her horses were spooked. And when she walked down towards the river, there it stood in broad daylight, which that part's exciting. Sun's out, not nighttime. Yeah. That's wild. Mm-hmm. The creature was at least six feet tall. She had a hard time, I think, deciding height. I think they mentioned that in the uh, the, the report. And um, so it could have been taller is my point. And this was in uh, Marseilles. And that occurred Seneca proper. Outside of Seneca? Yeah, Marseilles. None of these places are that far away from Seneca is the point. They're all close. It's the same cluster of towns to those not familiar with this very local story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these are also very, yeah, they're very local to us. They're very local, and everything is kind of clustered together here. I mean, I figure a lot of people may know about, um, of course, some of the stories. There's also a few sightings. Oh, I'm going to talk about them. Um, a few, but like a few in Utica, too, a little further ways out there. Mm-hmm. But like, it's all, it's all right around there. Now, this one's a little more recent. It was February 24th of 2011. Mm, okay. well, traveling home in his 4x4 GMC Yukon, it was made mention of the article that it was a Yukon because it sits, it's so raised a little bit. Yeah, and the, the headlights bigger. project. Yep. Yeah, it's up in faces more. Um, one witness noticed an upright, eight-foot-tall, reddish-brown beast 50 yards away at the intersection of Route 70 and DuPont Road near the bridge in Seneca. Again, I've looked this up on the map. Um, it's like right, it's a very noticeable spot, like in the kind of the hub of right how the town exists. Mm-hmm. Um, now, before leaving this area, another driver who had seen the creature, you know, drove up and like asked the Yukon driver if he had seen a bear run across the road. And the Yukon driver remarked that it probably wasn't a bear. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Before driving off, the inquiring motorist, the one who um, asked if it was a bear, made an offhand joke about it being Bigfoot. Hmm. Maybe it's Bigfoot. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Later. Yeah. Hey, dude, was that a bear? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Not. It's probably Bigfoot. Yeah, Bigfoot. Later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. The following year, 2012, November 9th, uh, another uh, a bow hunter saw a seven-foot-tall, dark-brown, gorilla-like creature while he was perched 20 feet on a birch tree near Marseilles, Illinois. Hmm. What was the date on that? The date was... Sorry. <laughs> the date was um, November 9th, 2012. Okay. Were you out there? No. Okay. No, I was not. Okay, I was going to say... This is within a, we should, yeah, that's true. I just wanted to know how close we're close in distance, but how close are we in time to drive there? No, just oh, time is in. Is in. Sorry, I'm thinking about going yeah. right now. Well, I, I mean, I'm thinking about going too. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Um. Now, it is worth mentioning that um, this came up in conversation because, again, um. The way I live my life is sometimes I talk about monsters in public around other people. It happens. You may, I mean, you may be able to relate to that. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, again, as we, I, us are known to do. And that as I was talking about the big, muddy monster of Murfreesboro, um, this came up because this was more. And actually, I know somebody who claims to have heard about those stories when they were going on down there. Because they were going to sure. they were going to school down there during the time Carbondale, uh huh, SIU, yeah, and they were you know the stories like so it was like noticeable it was known to be a thing that people like talked about the way it was but like to actually have you know I'm still mad that I know when we did that episode it was like three weeks after I had just been there I know it's a lot bull- of places to bullshit. go I know it's not great <laughs> it's <laughs> it's bullshit yeah it is so then it came up that. Um, there's a creature around there called the DuPont Monster. Okay. Now this, or at least, you know, obviously stories of a creature. Mm-hmm. Now, this came up in conversation, and then this individual's husband told me they had seen the monster. Oh. And it had been a while since I have had this conversation I'm with this individual. So when you were talking about revisiting things, I would not mind, you know, I just can't be the guy who's always harassing this individual's husband about a monster. <laughs> like the conversation was had and I'm going to, you know, give you a little summary of it. Okay. But like to call back, you're like, Hey, can I have more details about? So, but this is based, this is basically what I was told. Okay. All right. Um, again, they just live kind of just off DuPont road to right in that area. Um, and it was at least 10 years ago. It could have been, um, I mean, it was at least 10 years ago, probably a little, probably longer, to be honest. Could have been 15, a chunk of time mm-hmm. um, when this individual and their friend had been in their backyard on their back porch, you know, throwing back a few beers, as you're known to do. As you do. And they saw a large creature at the tree line. Now, and it's tall, probably about seven feet. And again, this is a chunk of time I had this conversation, but of course it left an imprint on my mind because I spoke to him and he said, plain as day, like, yeah, it was, you know, the DuPont monster. It was a big, it was a big, large beast. Okay. It's Bigfoot-esque. Um, and, you know, I know this, like, I know this person's, I know this person. So like, it's not somebody who would just get a kick out of making up monster stories. Right. And like he had a witness, his friend was there and they, like, they had both seen it, um, and that stories are like this thing, and it wasn't just a thing they were making up. It was like, oh, yeah, that's a DuPont monster, because it was just a thing the locals talked about. Yeah. This guy roaming around or thing Bitsy. roaming around the woods. Yeah. This wild man creature 
mm-hmm. living in the woods, I guess, around Seneca, Marseilles, and that surrounding area. Um, so again, that kind of piqued my interest and got me on this path discussing this creature because I'm not saying if it had not snowed today, I was going to make a trip. But I mean, I'm like in right now. But it was just starting. I was like, man, because it would have been just dusk anyways. Things we need to revisit. In 2011, a man coming home around 2.30 a.m. on his motorcycle um, spotted a seven to eight foot tall brown and black human creature ask on route 71 and also i mentioned yeah in 2014 and there's some utica sightings and then again also more sightings kind of right around dupont road by the seneca bridge and this individual saw a long a creature with a long gait a long stride it was graham brown huh. now a lot of these stories came to light because in 2005 there was there's a Chicago Tribune article where a man these some of these like one of these I think the sighting about um, the initial sighting I read to you about the campers mm-hmm. like came out and then the Chicago Tribune did a you know local story on it and there was going to be a local filmmaker they were going to make a movie about the Dupont monster in 2005. That's cool. It's 2021 and that movie. As far as I have been able to Google, never happened and never came to fruition and never existed, which is disappointing. But yep. then when that came out, other people, because uh, BFRO, um, Stan Courtney, who we've looked at some of his sightings for big, fo- big feats and Bigfoots, um, they came out and you know kind of contacted him. And there's only like a few, but I mean, they're kind of lengthy and descriptive. Um, but like how many Bigfoot sightings do people just see and not call this one specific man to get on his one specific site right and if there's been rumors of this thing for decades (laughs) right exactly now stories of the wild man date back to again as long as we have been able to write it has been with us um but stories of the wild man they haven't been away they have just been supplanted supplemented supplanted Yep. Yep. With tales of <laughs> with tales of Bigfoot. Again, our wild man stories are uh, as opposed to like word of mouth and telling stories around the fires. Like you know, are fake or just bad, bad documentaries that push the idea out into the public because they're looking for this creature. People are on a hunt. They want to find this creature. Um, as opposed to like the wild man stories of old. It's more like investigative in nature. It's more the elusive. We're looking for something that we don't, you know, we don't have. We're reaching out to nature. Um, because a lot of these stories exist, again, in fake um, reports or documentaries, stories, movies, internet posts, Facebook messages, social uh-huh. media, the Reddits. Um, but all of the stories of the wild man are still here. The trigger seems to be, I mean, Bigfoot sightings took off after a 1958 story by Andrew Genzoli of the Humboldt Times. Now, once he published the letter from Northern California describing giant footprints sighted by industrial loggers in the area, the concept reinvigorated the cultural zeitgeist and breathed life into this archetype once again. The wild man was here for a brand new generation. Mm-hmm. 
And these people were clearly ready for it. I mean, medieval, medieval people didn't exactly know what an ape was. So when they saw the things they saw, they insisted it looked human-like. Because right. if you've never seen an ape before, and this thing is walking around, like that's kind of like a human. Yeah. And it is kind of like a human. Yep. Because that's not wrong, especially when it comes to all the creatures that one can find on Earth. It's not like a deer. Right. Yeah, no. It's very different. It's not like a dog. Mm -hmm. That's closer to a man. Now, are all these all part of the same history? Yeah. And also by 1958, again, the story of the wild man is always nature reaching out to civilization. The Cold War was in a full swing. Civilization was being tested, pushed to the brink. I don't find it surprising that perhaps people were fascinated by a potential creature living a lifestyle totally removed from all that burden, alone in the woods, existing, without thinking of the looming nuclear apocalypse. And eventually, the Bigfoot stories would be connected to stories of balance and respect for nature and humility, because Bigfoot's always about nature. That's like the whole yeah. kind of the thing, right? The balance and what we don't know, which is not dissimilar to the original story of Enkidu. Sure. And that was thousands of years ago. And then, of course, by the time of the infamous Patterson video, I mean, Vietnam was also raging. And, I mean, who didn't want to run away from that? The plight of the modern man and the modern world was obviously becoming a lot for people. Mm -hmm. So if people thought it would be cool to maybe glorify a creature who lived away from all that in the woods, in peace, in harmony... When everything and during the sixties and stuff, man, it's not there was anything but harmony. Right. So like Yeah, we talk about, you know, why do these why do these stories, where do they come from? Um, you know, we wonder, you know, Bigfoot is he an interdimensional being when we have fun with that kind of talk. But maybe he just comes from an overly industrialized society longing to be done with it all and just live in peace in the wilderness. I mean, that's where I'm at. <laughs> it's the last, <laughs> yeah. last episode combined with this one. I'm like, this is just what Zach wants to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm... yeah, this wasn't meant to be a dissection of your current attitude, but there it is, you know. There it is. Yeah, it sounds appealing. Yeah, the Bigfoot life. Maybe I it's for me. am become the wild man. It's my, it's my end goal. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Loincloth. And just living in the wild. It's a dream. It's, I mean, it's fun. But like the, the appeal is totally there. Yeah. Yeah, just like, ah, I'm done with all this just bullshit. Just get away from it all. Yeah, do you, done do with your all own this thing. bullshit, right. Yeah. And the idea that, like, having that interjected into your life can, like, make you realize what really matters is kind of a cool thought, too. Mm-hmm. Again... Sounds awesome. Gilgamesh got too wrapped up in ruling a kingdom and just ha started having sex with everybody's wives and everybody was miserable and it was a bad time. He's like, I'm enjoying this. Why isn't everybody yeah. else enjoying oh. this? <laughs> yeah, I can just, like the guy, the newly, the new groom is like just sitting and like standing in the doorway some watching, and he's just like, oh. I can imagine like a party favor. Yeah. Happy wedding. <laughs> Happy right. wedding. He's doing what? <laughs> <laughs> oh oh hmm <laughs> I thought that was huh 
Yeah, Gilgamesh is like, ah, it's wedding season. What? Why are you doing that? But again, he reached a balance and realized that he was wrong and became a better person and set out to do good. So, mm. yeah. All because of the wild man. The wild man seeks balance. So, yeah, it's a neat thematic element. Not that we all need to be wild men, but maybe we need a little more of that. The wild man seeks balance. Yeah. Hmm. It's a cool archetype. Yeah. And a very local story that we will, again, be just... Yeah, I want to go cruise Seneca. I mean, it's only like a half hour away. Yeah, it's not that far. No. Maybe even close... No, probably about a half hour from, from where we're at right now. Yep. But yeah. Again, if it wasn't snowing, I would have driven down a winding road I had never driven down before. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I know I've driven through Seneca before, but it's been a while. And also... Um, and not late at night. A few years ago, there was a lot of... I went to drive down it a few years ago. This is how long the stories... Um, it's just one of those things that I've been wanting to get to, and I was like, I think that... And then I came across like the wild man stuff, and I was like, I can kind of talk about both of these things I want to talk to you, because they all kind of tie in together. Yeah. And uh, but there was construction. They widened Dupont Road, so I was like, "Are they destroying his habitat?" Because mm. that would have been the time to maybe look for him. Because he's like running around, like, "Where's my bathroom?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they moved it. I, 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 what the hell? But I mean, that would be an easy one to check out. Yeah, it would. So I mean, added to the list. Yep. Of things keeps to do. growing. Yeah. You'd think it would get smaller. But it just keeps growing. It just keeps growing. It's going to be just a giant, a giant loop, mm-hmm. which will be fun to get to. Yep, yeah. absolutely. The uh, Dupont monster, the wild man of Dupont Road, the Dupont. He's known as the Dupont monster. Is he a Bigfoot? Don't know. But like, and also just to compare and contrast with um, your story last week, the Land Otter Man. Yeah, the Land Otter Man. Thank you. Um, like, his stories are more aggressive and more nefarious. Like, Bigfoot stories are always just like, I saw him, there he is. He doesn't yeah. want to bother. He doesn't want to deal with you. Yeah, he's like, fuck. People are in my space. Why are they everywhere? Right. And I didn't even get into, um, as far as the um, wild man legacy goes, like, humans, re- humans' relationships with, like, Neanderthals. I mean, that's a long time ago to think that memory would hold over thousands and thousands of years of stories, but like there's yeah. always somebody living just outside of town. Uh-huh. No matter where you are. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I hope to one day be that guy. It's, his name will be Zach. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you see the wild man? Yeah, he came to town for some groceries. He's real hairy now. <laughs> yeah. He's just getting wild out there. <laughs> Yeah, and didn't you? We've read um, old news people articles. I'm out too. there just getting wild, flashing the surfs up, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, and man, people driving wild. by. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> he's he's so wild. Yeah, hang loose. <laughs> <laughs> but we've read like old 1800s news articles about like the wild man, right? We've read some of those. Oh, absolutely. So like, we've read a lot of them, probably. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the last one. You had talked about one before. I forget what story that was from. Oof. Does that sound familiar to you? Uh, I feel like it was with the Bennington Triangle, the Bennington Monster. Oh, could have been. Oh, yeah, the guy that comes into town, it's like, what is he doing? 
I mean, I could be wrong, but... No, that might be right. That sounds, that sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. It's in the right area, at least. It's in the ballpark. Yeah. 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 There. Yeah. I didn't realize we had them that close, though. So that's interesting. Yeah. Very into that. Right. I hope, I hope to one day hear... Just pop my head outside and be like, Oh, hey. What's up? You getting wild out there? Yeah, hey, man, you wild? You looking for... Can I... Can I come with? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking... Hey, you looking? You looking for balance? Yeah, I want some of that. Yeah, I need some balance. Yeah, help me out. Let me help you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be a, it would be fun to do. It'd also be fun to go to Dupont Row and just pull like a, a Sasquatch crossing sign. I think that's what I want to do. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to do that. Somebody should do that. It won't be me though. We can throw people off. I got that hodag crossing sign right behind Man, you. I just <laughs> just throw a hodag crossing sign. What? <laughs> what is that? Yeah. If you know, you know. If you don't, watch out for it. We should just be like a bunch of monster signs. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Dupont Monster. Dupont Monster. Yeah. All right. He's a fun guy, local guy. And also makes me think how many, again, we always talk about this, how many other states and towns have like little local guys like that? And it's just... Just a thing people talk about, and it's just not, not that it gets talked about all the time, but also when things open up, or are they being, maybe they're being, who knows how things are going down there. Doesn't matter. But to go to like just like a bar and be like, yeah, DuPont Monster. Saw him yesterday. Yeah, saw him yesterday. You ever seen him? You ever seen him? <laughs> what? It's like, oh, man, you're doing bad at this whole talking to people thing. Yeah, it's like, jeez. <laughs> straight, huh. straight to it, huh? He goes, have you ever heard about any legends? <laughs> he goes, what do you know about legends? Like, you know, that road? Dupont? Hear anybody? Monsters? I'm listening. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah, what? Oh, never mind. Monsters. You're whispering. It's loud in here. Monsters. <laughs> Dupont Monsters. If you've seen the Dupont Monster mm. or know of other monsters, mm-hmm. contact us at Weird and Feared Podcast at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram. Support us there. Support us on the Patreon. We appreciate all your support mm-hmm. and all your input. Suggest us ideas. Check out the different tiers. Send Support. us an email just for fun. Just for fun. Love it. Um, yeah, any tier you feel comfortable with. Or, you know, just tell us. Also, I should mention this. We don't mention this often enough. But, yeah, iTunes reviews or podcast. Apple podcast reviews are cool. Yeah. yeah. Much appreciated as well. Yeah, all the time. But yeah, guys. Enjoy. Uh, be your own wild man and look for the balance you crave in your own lives. Hmm, I like that. There you go, guys. All right. Become the balance. Mm -hmm. And stay spooky. Stay spooky. Spooky.